friends this sunday 3 21 21 it is world down syndrome day and as shouters of worth we know that shifting the down syndrome narrative will take more than a day of awareness and celebration creating a world in which everybody can belong it is more than a moment it is a movement which is why i am so beyond thrilled to announce our newest endeavor here with the lucky few it is called this is down syndrome it is a global movement to shift the down syndrome narrative let me tell you more about it with storytelling and relationship at its core this is down syndrome will offer an expansive relatable and transformative look into what it really means to live with down syndrome and guess when we are launching this movement dun 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 on World Down Syndrome Day, March 21st, 2021. So through powerful images and bite-sized engaging stories, we will show a variety of aspects of living with Down Syndrome. We will do this by photographing and highlighting not only people who have Down Syndrome, but their parents, siblings, grandparents, extended family members, friends, teachers, coworkers, roommates, anybody connected to a person with Down Syndrome. We want to tell your stories. And we want to invite you to join this movement. We need your help to spread the word. So here's what you can do. You can go to thisisdownsyndrome.com where you can get all of this information and more. You can also submit your stories through that website. Please do that if you have a story to tell about a loved one with Down syndrome or if you have Down syndrome and you want to share your story. You can also head to Instagram where we are thisis.down.syndrome. You can see the stories being shared there and you can share those and repost and share and repost and get the word out. You also can head to the website and you can donate to this movement so that we can keep telling these stories. As together, we here, the community of the lucky few, we're going to shout the worth of people with Down syndrome and shift that Down syndrome narrative. Again, you can head to thisisdownsyndrome.com. Or on Instagram, we are this.is.down.syndrome to learn more. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Lucky Few Podcast, where we are shifting the narrative by shouting for people with Down Syndrome. This is Micah. Mercedes. And today we are joined by the incredible Karen Gaffney, who has been shifting the narrative for many, many years. She's an open water swimmer, the president of her own nonprofit, a successful employee, and so much more. We are so excited to hear from her. Thank you for joining us, friends. Welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. Hey listeners, we're so excited for this month's sponsor, Jonas Paul Eyewear. They offer prescription glasses starting at $79, including prescription lenses and non-prescriptive blue light glasses for only $59. And this month in March, it is actually Jonas's birthday, the little guy who inspired the brand. And to celebrate his birthday, Jonas Paul is taking this month to feature communities of kids who have disabilities. Now is the time to go order your glasses, head to jonaspauleyewear.com backslash the lucky few 
you, dear listeners, can have a discount code and save 15% off your order. Alrighty, before we jump into our interview with the beautiful Karen, we want to read another one of your sweet reviews. Taylor Worden says, I'm so excited for what's in store. You are all inspiration. Your positivity and awareness is so important in our world today. I've been blessed with knowing individuals with Down syndrome for some years now, and I cannot wait until the time is right to adopt. Your Instagram posts and stories give me hope. I can't wait to hear more. Thank you, Taylor. You're amazing too. That's awesome. I I know. Um, So please, all of our listeners, don't forget to review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts so we can read it out loud next week. We love reading these and appreciate your support so, so much. Okay, Mercedes, let's talk about the amazing Karen Gaffney, because she just blows my mind. She is a couple of years older than me, and she has been doing self-advocacy work on behalf of people with Down syndrome for longer than I've ever been thinking about Down syndrome. Yeah. And I just can't wait to have this conversation with her. I know, me too. And I always... I love when we can talk with self-advocates because that's everything, right? That's gold. And then I also love to like kind of chime in with their mom, you know? Yeah. I feel, <laughs> like as much as I want to interview that person, I'm like, okay. And then mom, can you please speak into this? Because I, <laughs> I want to know what you did so I can do it. <laughs> and totally. I'm so excited about that to meet and chat with Karen and Barbara and just to hear from another athlete. I'm so inspired by all these athletes we keep yes. talking to. <laughs> totally. And, you know, for our listeners out there who, who may not have tuned into this, all of March, we are talking to self-advocates, people with Down syndrome. All of them are exceptional. I mean, it's, what, it, what have you, how have you been feeling about these episodes, Mercedes? I love them. And, you know, and I want to hold it also knowing both things like, okay, these people are extraordinary, you know, and like, yeah. I love that sunflower and our whole family in general could have, um, individuals to look up to that mm-hmm. are doing extraordinary things. And then also knowing that may not be Sunflower's story and that's right. okay. She's still as valuable and as important and as important. It's just the same with my voice. Not, they may not be the next president or a rock star. But what they are do in life will be valuable. I just think it's really special, especially in the Down syndrome world and what Down syndrome is means to society to have these people that rise up and like kind of have the light shined on them, you know, because it just it rises us all up, you know. Absolutely. I I do, too. And I just I I'm really excited to introduce our listeners if they haven't been aware of Karen Gaffney. She is just such an extraordinary communicator. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't seen her, her Ted talk, we will link to it. Um, It's beautiful. I think that every, I just sent it to my middle school son being Mm -hmm. like (laughs) my title of the, (laughs) my title of the email was mob pressure. And I was like, listen, son, 
I think you should give a presentation to your class about <laughs> World Down Syndrome Day I and love show it. this TED Talk. <laughs> um, he's probably rolling his eyes, but <laughs> I think all middle schoolers and high schoolers should be watching this TED Talk. So I know. I felt but, like I, I knew it wasn't going to be about your middle schooler, but I could see me one day be like, okay, now send this to someone. So what are you doing with your life? Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a sassy mom move, but <laughs> I just want to know. I mean, that's a, even a little bit of accountability on my part when she's talking about two miles every day, like, you know, a person who lives with such ambition. I just, yeah. I love that so much. All right, friends, we are so excited to introduce you to Karen Gaffney. She has a long list of accolades, including being the first person with Down syndrome to complete a relay swim in the English channel. You heard that right. The actual English channel. The first person with Down syndrome to earn an honorary doctorate degree, receiving the Global Down Syndrome Quincy Jones Exceptional Advocacy Award, being a hardworking employee, employee, and so much more. She's here today to discuss her accomplishments with open water swimming, how this past year has affected her, and what she wants the world to know about Down syndrome. Well, without further ado, we are so excited to introduce you to Karen Gaffney. Hi, Karen. Hi, how are you? Good. We're so excited you're here with us. Thanks. We would love to just uh, share a little bit with our audience about you. So will you tell our listeners a little bit about you to get us started? Sure. Happy to do that for you. You know, I graduated from State Paradise Academy here in Portland, Oregon, where I live. Then I went on to Portland Community College, where I earned an Associate of Science degree and a Teacher's Aid certificate. I worked for a while as a teacher's aide, but all the jobs were volunteer only. So I started looking for other jobs. Right now, I'm working about 25 hours a week, Monday through Thursdays, at the law firm. On Fridays, I work on my nonprofit organization called the Karen Gaffney Foundation. I am also a swimmer, and I usually swim two miles every day before I go to work. And I work at a race a couple of days a week, too. Wow. Amazing. Two miles, two miles a week is like, I mean, two miles a day, I, it just blows my mind, Karen. Yeah. That that's incredible. We just had uh, Chris Nickick on the show a couple of weeks ago, who just wow. did the the Iron Man race. Do you know about Chris? I do. I'll be talking about my inner question. So. Oh, cool! Yeah, I just you like his him being. I I I'm just blown away by both of you guys. I Mercedes and I are lucky if we like do ten squats in the oh. morning. Yeah, this is definitely true. Every I am one of the million people who every New Year's resolution has exercised daily. (laughs) It now I've just I've just decided it's a wish list. It's a wish list that I have every year. But I've got you're encouraging me, encouraging me big time, Karen. I love your discipline, 
and how you've incorporated healthy habits in your daily routine. That's amazing. Now, um, we know this last year has been pretty tough on everyone. Can you tell us a little bit about how this virus affected you and share with us about what you did to cope? Right. I know everyone got hit pretty hard with this virus. And I was working at Providence Health Systems at the time. And I was sent home on March 18th. And I still remember that day. I didn't know at the time that I wouldn't be coming back. I thought I'd be off for about three or four weeks. Then other things started happening. The pool where I swim every day closed up. Then one by one, all my speaking engagements I had the minor profit all had to cancel as well. So within a week, all the stress I had in my day was gone. No job, no gym, no speaking engagements. I'm sure things like this happen to many other listeners on this call. From March to July, at least I had the hope of going back to work. So I just needed to set up some structure for my day. I needed to get exercise every day. And I needed to exercise my brain every day. So I did that. I set up a daily schedule for myself that included Reading every day, I always have a book I'm working on. Getting exercise every day. Working on my computer skills, mainly data entry. And then building up my skills with jigsaw puzzles. Didn't everybody do that? We all did it, right? <laughs> we did. We did. And then feeding my dad a gin rummy is something I always try to do. <laughs> I also log into the portal at Providence every day, looking for updates on my job. And then in July, I found out that my job had been eliminated. Mm. Wow. So you. What did you do then? Can you tell us a little more about what you did to find a job after you found out that yours had been eliminated? What you did to find a job in the middle of all the job losses that were going on already? So, well, for me, it all starts with a plan. I always do better when I have a plan to follow. So my mom tells me, and we worked at a plan to get me started. We updated my resume. And my brother helped me build a profile on LinkedIn. I started building up a spreadsheet of contacts I could reach out to and companies that might have job openings for me. My brother helped me make connections on LinkedIn. I had a goal to make at least one new connection a day and to send out emails every day. I did research on companies and job openings, and then I looked for people I could connect to at those companies. We just made a job search a regular part of my day. I knew that I wanted to find a meaningful job, one where I could use the clerical skills I have been building up in my previous jobs. I was looking for something that would involve something like front desk work. Maybe being a receptionist, uh, doing some data entry, 
or maybe some record keeping and filing and doing some scanning projects. I knew that I wanted to work four days a week and at least 25 hours a week. I was hoping to keep Fridays open for the work that I do in my nonprofit. Most of my speaking engagements are at events that take place on the weekends. So having Fridays open was really important to me. I didn't know if I was going to be able to find something like that, but I sure wanted to try. And it worked. I got the job I have now to one of my LinkedIn connections. And I got started in this job at the end of September. Amazing. Can you tell us what that job is? Well, I work about 25 hours a week from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Monday through Thursdays. This is important because I, I still have time to do my nonprofit work. And just as importantly, I can still get a swim in before I go to work. I work at the front desk for part of the day where I'm doing lifetime relief and relief of breaks. At the front desk, I am greeting visitors and signing them in and then processing mail. I always love this part of my job. But most of my job is COVID related. I am taking temperatures, asking COVID questions if they have a fever or a cough and keeping track of that data. I also sanitize many rooms after use, and I help with projects as they are coming up. I'm hoping to get more clerical work to do. Since most of my work is color-related, I know it could all change soon. I knew that going in, but it was important to me to be able to get back into a job. Thank you. That's amazing. You are in the front lines. Good job. <laughs> yeah. I think there's, I'm just so impressed, Karen, with your commitment to having a plan and having health in your life and being, um, giving yourself the things that you know you need in order to thrive. I think we all have so much to learn from that. Mm -hmm. Will you tell us um, about some of your speaking engagements? Um, did any of those, you said, you mentioned that they had gone away when, when lockdown happened a year ago. Um, did any of those come back as virtual events? And if they did, can you tell us about that? Well, some of them had to cancel, but I've done about three or four that turned into Zoom meetings. Like our best buddies, Gail and Ashen, that we had to do online. That was really fun to do, but I like in-person meetings much better. Some of the organizations that canceled last year are trying to reschedule for later this year. And I hope that happens mm -hmm. in the future. I hope so too. Me too. So I do have four presentations that are coming up. There are two in March and two in April. In March, I'll be doing an ambassador training for best buddies. And then at the end of March, I'll be speaking as an advocate for employment for people with disabilities and sharing my experiences about getting a job and learning on the job. 
In April, I'll be presenting with a training organization in Alaska. And then I'll be presenting for a Down syndrome conference in Vermont. And all these presentations will be Zoom meetings. Wow, good job. That can be a little bit stressful doing Zoom. So that's really awesome that you can add that to your portfolio. You know, it's a big deal. Yes, so the Karen Gaffney Foundation, my nonprofit organization, is dedicated to championing the journey to full inclusion in families, schools, the workplace, and the community. And I raise the money from my nonprofit by giving talks and workshops all over the country and sometimes out of the country. I use the money that I raise to support things I am working on. Here in Oregon, we are trying to bring best buddies to our state. So I've used some of the money I have raised to support that. And there are other things I have supported, like medical research on Down syndrome. But most importantly, I try to use my time in front of people to help them better understand what Down syndrome is all about today. I'm a strong advocate for employment for people with Down syndrome. And I'm also a strong advocate for inclusion for students with Down syndrome. And I always proudly say that Down syndrome is a life meant to be lived. Mm -hmm. I think it is important for all of us to stand up for Down syndrome. I love that, Karen. I, I, yeah, it is. And we, you know, a lot of our listeners are parents of younger children. The people who are listening to this podcast of younger children with Down syndrome. And we, we wanted to ask you some questions about your education. You talked about inclusion. Were you always included in the regular classroom or did you go back and forth from a classroom to a, a resource classroom? So yes, I was included in a regular classroom all through my education. I did have to change schools to keep on track with that. I did the same work and I took the same tests everyone else did. Sometimes, especially in high school, I was able to have someone read the test along with me. Mm. I wasn't the only one. Sometimes two or three of us would take the test that way. The teacher would read the question along with us to make sure we understood that question. One of the things that helped me most was having an aid in the classroom to help me with note-taking and to help clarify class assignments, especially in high school. I always took my own notes, but having an extra set of notes from my aid was very helpful. The second thing I would have to say is having good communication with my teachers about expectations and what was coming up in class. It helped me feel ahead of time about things that we, that we talking about in class so that I could be better prepared to participate. And the third thing I would have to say is getting regular exercise every day. I swam every day after school. So I can use that for PE credit. And I can use PE time to catch up on things during the day. I think that getting regular exercise every day helps me stay healthy and help me stay focused in the classroom. I agree. 
I definitely could see that being beneficial for sure. I wanted to ask you if you could tell us a little bit more about swimming and how, um, and you kind of shared this a little bit, but if you could expand and how swimming became such a big part of your life. Well, I started swimming when I was nine months old and I haven't had it ever since. My dad taught me how to swim and actually I could swim before I could walk. That's amazing. And swimming really helped me because I had hip problems while I was growing up. In fact, I had five different hip surgeries on both of my hips. The last one was when I was about 13 or 14. I always started a recovery in a pool. I was on CYL swim teams and on my high school swim team. And I loved being part of the team and going to the meets with everyone else. About four years ago, I had surgery to replace both of my hips. I still walk with a limp, but it is much better now. And I can swim a little faster too. Excellent. Amazing. That's, that's incredible. And then to, to think that you have done some pretty big open water swims, Karen, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, my first big open water swim was a relay swim across a well-known body of water called the English Channel. There were six swimmers on our team. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we swam from Shakespeare Beach in Dover, England, all the way to Cape Blanc on the coast of France. Wow. And I became the first person with Down syndrome to swim a relay across the English Channel. Incredible. And my still be the only one, but I haven't checked the record books in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I think you hold the title. <laughs> I think you yes, do. <laughs> How many years ago was that, Karen? That was in the summer of 2001. Okay. In July. Wow. Amazing. And then after that, all my long distance swims have all been solo swims. I took on Lake Tahoe and swam nine miles nonstop straight across the width of the lake from the Nevada shore to the California shore. That's and I've been in took me six hours to complete. I can't even. And now are you do you get rest stops during this? Are there little buoys or how does that what does that look like to swim um six hours? You know, I did take rest rest stops in between by taking nutrition in, like Gatorade and bananas and big mutants. I was snack on during the swim. Um, wow. I did have pacers in the water with me. Nice. Just swimming along. And try to, I really try to keep up with them. And what did you follow? I had to follow a kayak. Wow. Okay. Kayaks me across the lake. Oh, amazing. Okay, I love this. It's amazing. I wanted to ask, and I hope you ladies don't mind, Barbara, um, who's in the background, I just have to ask, how are you feeling while your daughter's doing these big things in the water? I get, I, I mean, just from mom to mom, you know? <laughs> I, I know, I know. Um, what a mom, right? Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> honestly, um, you know, Jim and Karen came up with the 
the idea of an English Channel swim. And, um, and there were a couple of people at um, the, the pool where Karen swims. They, for, Karen had given a talk at Santa Clara University and she talked to the swim team there and she talked about it was her dream to one day swim the English Channel. And that talk got reprinted in the newspaper up here. Right. Um, and uh, a couple of the swimmers that she swims with saw it and they said, you know, we could, we could do this. We could do it as real. And so I kind of figured, you know, if I didn't say anything, maybe the idea would go away. But then, and then I figured out that it wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't going away. And so then um, I helped. There are a couple of swimmers who had both attempted solo swims across the channel and they swam, you know, with Karen and they really wanted to go back and do a relay. So then I helped organize all the things we had to do uh, to do that. And they started recruiting people um, uh, to be the relay. And as, as it turned out, we ended up having two full relay teams. And so it was, it was fun and they, and it was a fundraiser. Um, you know, they raised funds for uh, National Down Syndrome Congress. And um, so, yeah, so um, that's, and it, and it, it was nerve wracking, but there was a lot of preparation that went into it, um, especially for the English Channel. They had to acclimate uh, mm -hmm. to the water. Remember that, Karen? Mm -hmm. Because you, what's the bit about, can you wear wetsuits in the English Channel? In the English Channel, you can't wear wetsuits. What? Because the first person who swam the channel, Captain Matthew Webb, swam in in, a, in regular swim trunks. Wow! And so the they British got here. Yeah. So you could you can't swim the channel in anything but a regular swimsuit. Wow! Um, you can wear a swim cap, <laughs> um, but and you can wear goggles. Um, but um, yeah. So Karen, you want to? Tell them about your um, Alcatraz experiences. Oh my gosh. I used, I lived in San Francisco for 11 years. Karen, I just moved away a few months ago. So I want to hear all about Alcatraz. Wow. Nice. So she knows where Alcatraz is. I, so I've been the first person with the yeah. to escape from Alcatraz. That's awesome. I have done that swim from Alcatraz Island, where the prison used to be, all the way across the San Francisco Bay, 16 times now. Woo! Oh my goodness. And unlike some famous prisoners who have attempted that swim, <laughs> I have lived to tell about it. <laughs> oh, boom. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> so good. I have done many other open water swims in Donna Lake, the Boston Harbor, Dunleary Harbor in Dublin, Ireland, a five-mile swim from Mulekini to Wailea Beach in Maui, and an eight-and-a-half-mile swim from Vermont to New York, straight across Lake Champlain. Whoa. Just to name a few. <laughs> okay. I'm just always usually hoping to swim across the pool without coming up for air. Did you ever? <laughs> I love that. You're amazing, Karen. Thanks. Wow. Most of these swims are fundraising swims and swims to help raise awareness. 
about what people with Down syndrome can do. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, I try to erase all that old data that is out there about what we with Down syndrome cannot do. As I mentioned earlier, I swim two miles a day before I head off to my job. And our adult weights do. So I'm always up for a swim challenge. Oh, I love it. You've got me tearing up, Karen. You really do. I'm so um, honored to be talking with you and you um, speak so well. And I don't know, you are gold, Karen. You are gold. Karen, I have a question. Uh-huh. Do you have any plans for any um, upcoming open water swims? Are you waiting until COVID is totally over? Or are you dreaming up something new? Well, there is an organization called Gigi's Playhouse down in San Diego. We love Gigi's Playhouse. Um, and I live in San Diego, so go on. What are you so we've been talking about it for a while, um, ever since um, COVID hit, you know, everyone world coming up. Okay, we'll, we'll keep our, our ears open and hopefully we'll be hearing about something special soon that you guys are gonna do together. Well, as, as we wrap this up, Karen, um, can you tell us what is most important to you? What you want everyone to know about Down syndrome? Well, when I talk with people about Down syndrome, I think it is important that they know that Down syndrome today is a journey of hope. You know, just look around you and see the phenomenal accomplishments of people living with Down syndrome. We are graduating from our high schools, and some of us are going on to colleges. We are knocking on the doors of the businesses in our communities. And when those doors don't open, we are starting our own businesses, like Coletti's Cookies, Matthew's Bonfire Barbecue, Nolan's Sweet Heat Jam Company, John's Crazy Socks, and there are so many more just like them. Stories are pouring into websites and Facebook pages all around the world, celebrating phenomenal achievements of people with Down syndrome. People who have fought all the odds and are living and growing and contributing in the communities where they live. You know, how about Chris Nickens? He is the first person with Down syndrome to complete an Ironman triathlon. You can read about some talented actors and musicians, golfers, surfers, hockey players, fashion models and fashion designers, hard-working employees, public speakers, open water swimmers, and even some who have escaped from Alcatraz. <laughs> yes. All showing what is possible with a full and inclusive life in the communities where they live. I know that it is far from perfect and breakthroughs haven't come for everyone. But I think you have to agree. 
We have come a long way from lives spent in institutions for people like me. So I keep saying every chance I get that Down syndrome is a life meant to be lived. It is a tough journey, but it is truly a journey of hope. And we belong in this world. Thank you, Karen. That is so inspiring. And yes, the words that everyone needs to be hearing. So thank you for being the person who's saying them. Yes. Um, I am going to make sure that in our show notes, we link to your TED Talk, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. And I think everybody needs to see. Um, can you also tell our listeners where they can find you and your foundation online? Well, most of my speaking engagements are on YouTube. Okay. And if you look at my full name, Karen Gaffney, on YouTube, I'll give you a whole list of speaking engagements I have done in the past. Awesome. What about, what about your website? It, it's the Karen, Karen Gaffney Foundation.com. Okay. Excellent. Wonderful. We're in the process of revamping that. So hopefully by the time this comes up, It'll be up there. It'll be it'll be KarenGaffneyFoundation.org. Okay. Um, and okay. We're in the process of updating it. And then you have a Facebook page, right? Yes, I did. Oh. So there's a Karen Gaffney Foundation Facebook, Facebook page. as well. Okay. We'll make sure that we link to all those things and uh, so our listeners can find you online. Great. Okay. Well, this has been such a fun conversation, Karen. Um, it's now time for our favorite part of the episode, and it's something we call good news. And we share the good news going on for someone we love with Down syndrome in our lives. So sometimes our listeners write in with good news that they're celebrating. And uh, Mercedes and I like to share the good news going on in our kids' lives who have Down syndrome. So we're going to jump away for a word from our sponsor. And then when we get back, Karen, will you join us for good news? Okay. 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 Awesome. All right. We'll be right back. All right, friends. My Mason Hope is wearing her Jonas Paul eyewear glasses today, like she does every single day. And this month in March, it is actually Jonas's birthday, the little guy who inspired the brand. And to celebrate his birthday, Jonas Paul is taking this month to feature communities of kids who have disabilities. Kids and families in the disability community love Jonas Paul glasses because they are easily adjustable and they are designed with smaller nose bridges in mind. With prescription glasses starting at just $79, you can't go wrong. Visit JonasPaulEyewear.com backslash the lucky few for a discount code to save 15% off your next order. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, everybody, this, it is time for some good news. This is when we celebrate the accomplishments of our friends and loved ones with Down syndrome. So Karen, do you have any good news, any recent accomplishments in your life or anything you're celebrating? Yes, I do have some great news to share with all of you who are listening on this call. I have my first in-person speaking engagement since COVID started at Central Catholic High School here in Portland on February 5th. It has been almost a year since my last in-person event. I presented an auditorium to about half of the students there. The others were watching in on a Zoom call. After that presentation, I got to visit some of the classrooms and talk more to the students. It felt great to be back in front of people again. Awesome. That's amazing. I know that, I know that feeling. Mm -hmm. Just like wanting to be in the presence of real people, not, mm -hmm. not screen people. Right. <laughs> so, Karen, that's so awesome. Thanks. Mercedes, what about you? Do you have any good news? Oh, about my sunny May. Well, we, um, let's see, what are we up to these days? I'm just so proud of my girl. We, um, had an IEP for, we homeschool, but we're with a charter, a public school charter. Um, and so we are doing her IEP and the team is just really awesome. And we are in the process of trying to get her a one-on-one -on -one aid so that she can fully access all the enrichment programs that our homeschool has to offer. Now it's a little bit of a challenge, but everyone, I'm really excited about everyone on our team. It seems positive and um, that always feels great. I don't know that if there's nothing definite, but it feels like good news that the conversation is starting and it feels positive. And my sunflower is just doing really well in our homeschool programs right now. So that's, that's awesome. I love that they are open to that. That's I really know. Cool. I know. And it, um, open and then hopefully the follow through, right? Yes, yes, totally. <laughs> I have, I have good news, and that is that Ace has started drinking from his new cup. <laughs> Ace, for all of you listeners out there, my five-year-old Ace, he can be very intense about his liquid intake, <laughs> and changing up his cup can be can force him into. Uh, refusing to drink for long periods of time <laughs> so his his ot wanted him to have a straw cup and i was like oh this is going to be hard and we presented it for about three weeks and then he started drinking from it so um as of this past weekend i'm very happy yeah great yeah so we also have good news from a listener and this one is from at page witting 09 and um, they say, we completed 100 days of virtual school. Jaya can count to 30 with no help, but puts the number cards and put the number cards from one to 10 in order by herself. So that is, well, that's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us, friends. As always, we want to hear from you. 
Leave us a voicemail or a direct message on Instagram and share about your family and your good news about your loved one with Down syndrome. And if you have a product or business that wants to help us shout the worth of people with Down syndrome, then we'd love to partner with you. You can email us at hello at the luckyfewpodcast.com for sponsorship opportunities. And a huge thank you to our editor, Josh Avis, our producer, Val Schleter, our sponsor, and all of you who have shared the Lucky Few podcasts with friends and who have listened faithfully. Thank you for cheering us on. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you dear listeners supporting your loved one with Down syndrome, you are a shadow of worth and a narrative shifter. So keep on keeping on. We are cheering for you. Thank you, Karen and Barbara. We appreciate you and your time. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Good good work, you guys. Good job. Thank (laughs) you so much. Bye. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye. Bye.